Welcome to the As You Go Women's Ministry Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Community Church Podcast Network, where you can find other great podcasts like Making History, Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, and more. Welcome to Episode 5 of As You Go. This is a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all of the things in their lives, like work, family, friendships, health, and so much more. I'm Kathy, hosting alongside Lily. Today we have two very special guests, Amy Alexander and Connor Nelson. Both of these ladies radiate love for the Lord and for other, others, and we're so grateful that they're sitting in front of us today willing to share what they and their families have experienced and willing to teach us how we can take an active role in fostering racial harmony. Amy, tell us a little bit about who you are, about your family, um, just anything, any information that you'd love to share with us today. Well, sure. Thank you for having me. I'm Amy Alexander, and I am a member here at this church. My husband Dan and I have been married for 16 years, and we have three kids, Braxton, who's 13, Kenyon, who's eight, and Ayla, who's five. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised in the Northwest, Spokane, Washington, but I've been here in Tennessee for about 20 years. Uh, professionally, 16 years ago, I co-founded a nonprofit organization called the Refuge Center for Counseling, and I've been the executive director since then. We provide around 30,000 counseling sessions every year to about 4,000 families, and we do that on a sliding fee scale so that counseling is affordable and accessible. And we are so grateful for the Refuge Center. They are Mm -hmm. a partner of ours at Rolling Mm -hmm. Hills, um, and it's just such a gift to know that we have faith-based counseling Mm -hmm. Um, right here that we can connect our people to. So we are so grateful for that. Kana, tell us a little bit about who you are and about your family. Well, thank you for having me as well. It's just such a pleasure to be here. Um, I am Kana Nelson, and uh, I too am a member of Rolling Hills, uh, and it's just been great to be part of this community. Uh, I am married uh, to Daryl, and we've been married for a very long time and seen lots of life's journeys. We've lived all over the country, uh, from the East Coast to Texas to here. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest, uh, and I am the mother of one daughter. Daryl and I have one daughter, and she is absolutely amazing. But one of the most amazing things she's done is that she and her husband gave us two of the greatest most handsome grandsons in all the world, I'm sure. Um, And so uh, we just love that very well. Professionally, um, I have been in human resources, and I've had the opportunity to work in telecommunications and to actually um, be at the executive level and just do so many things in that space. Uh, But when I came to Tennessee, I uh, became part of LifeWay. And so I have the honor of leading the HR team at LifeWay. Uh, And that too has been a great blessing. So it's terrific to be here. That's awesome. We are so thankful you guys are with us today. Um, Amy, I'd like to ask you first um, to share just a little bit about how have you and or your kids been impacted directly by racial injustice? Sure. Well, you know, 
my kids certainly have experiences at their schools. They overhear things on the news, and those become just opportunities for us to have conversation and to invite materials like songs and books and music and movies into our home to further those sort of dinner table conversations. I was thinking about this question, though, and thinking back over um, the course of our lives, and I remember that when Dan and I sent out our wedding invitations, we received a response card back, and on the back of the response card was no we will not be attending because we are so disappointed that you are marrying someone from another race and you clearly have not thought about the implications of that on your future children's lives and we're just tremendously disappointed and will not be there um to celebrate that day with you. And I, you know, I remember taking Kenyon, my middle one, into Target, very close to the church here, and the person at the checkout line said, well, something something like, well, isn't he beautiful? He's got the, the skin of dark chocolate milk. And I just thought, you know, I kind of don't know how to respond to those sort of comments. I said, well, thank you. Yes, he is beautiful, you know. Um, but sometimes it's hard to understand intentions with those comments. And then more recently, my son, who's a teenager, had a girl that he was very interested in dating. He let her know that, and she spoke to her parents about it. And she came back and said, my parents said, it's okay if we're friends, but I can't date you because your skin's too dark. So definitely have had some moments. Hmm. Yep. Connie, can you share with us kind of a little bit of the same thing? Sure. I would say... um, as a black female, um, you know, I have experienced different levels of racism really throughout my entire life. Um, and so I could tell you lots of stories. Uh, I, I would say, though, if I, if I think more currently, I do think that this past year was very impactful. Uh, and it was different in a lot of ways for me. Uh, I think growing up and experiencing racism personally um, was one thing, but in the face of the things that happened this summer, you know, with the death of George Floyd and others, it really made me think, how could this still be happening Mm -hmm. in 2020 at that time, right? And now I would say in 2021, right? And I have two beautiful grandsons. One is four and one is two. And it grieves my heart to think that they will have to face many of the things that you would think should have long been gone, right? Should, should be a part of the past and not a part of what we're facing today. Um, And yet, there are messages that we are going to have to tell them, that their father will have to tell them, that their mother will have to tell them in order to protect them because of the skin that they're in. Um, So, Kana, you and I, I would say, have a a really sweet friendship and one that I am incredibly thankful for. And... I don't hesitate to pick up the phone to call you, whether it's a, a valley in life or to have a conversation and ask you questions so that you right. can help me learn and help me grow. And you did that just this morning as we were prepping for today and prepping for our conversation. I wanted to make sure that my words were, that, that I wasn't speaking out of ignorance or I wasn't sure. wording something yes. in a way 
that would be harmful or not helpful. And so I'm so thankful for that friendship. And you shared so much wisdom with me today. And I, I could have stayed on the phone with you for hours, but we had to go to work. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, I would love for you to share some of that. And I would love to ask Amy the same question. What wisdom can you share as we step into these conversations, as we have conversations with others? Well, I think it's important to have the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, for too long, I believe people have remained silent. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just not people of color, but people, white people as well, right? And, um, and one of the things that I said to Kathy this morning is that, you know, we can have these conversations with each other because we have a relationship with each other, mm -hmm. because we have love for each other. And there is nothing that she wouldn't be able to ask me that I wouldn't respond to and vice versa. But it's because of that relationship and because we care about each other. And if she were to say something that is a bit off, I would say, no, wait a minute, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but if you say that someplace else, mm -hmm. somebody might get offended or that might appear to be a bit inflammatory. How about we say it this way? Because this is what you really mean, right? And she would go, oh my gosh, yes. Right, but it's because of relationships. So my my question is, uh, to our listeners, what kind of relationships do you have in your life? You know, do you have a diverse set of friends? Do you bring them into your life? Right, because that's how you can start the conversation. And we're not going to always get the conversation right, but it is a heart issue. If our heart is in the right place, and as long as we're willing to listen and to learn and to lean in and do something about it, we can really get to the other side. And that other side is really about harmony and living together, right? Thank you, I love that. Amy, what about, what about you? How would you, what wisdom would you share as we approach these conversations? Well, five, quick tips I would give. One is just being curious about someone's story, and that is approaching those conversations with humility, uh, compassion, and curiosity. When you know someone in the context of their story, their struggles, their triumphs, uh, the ups, the downs, the challenges, I think it, it lends itself to compassion when you mm -hmm. can see someone in the context of their whole story. The next thing would be approach the conversations with humility. Um, be a, a lifelong learner. Be someone who's always wanting to grow and learn. Uh, the third thing would be uh, try to be aware of your blind spots. Research says that all of us at any given time have 3.4 blind spots. These are the <laughs> things that everyone else could tell us about ourselves that we're completely unaware of. So who are your blind spot checkers? Who are mm -hmm. the people that you're inviting into your life to speak to you about your blind spots? Um, check your intentions. Before you say something, do something, send something, slow down for a minute and go, why am I about to say this or mm -hmm. ask this question? Mm -hmm. Where is this coming from? Which 
which is about your story. And then um, fifth is that we hear a lot right now about microaggressions. And I would say be intentional about microaffirmations. So these are small gestures extended on a daily basis that foster inclusion, listening, comfort, and support for people who could feel unwelcome or invisible in an environment. So microaffirmations. Mm, I love love that. Great. Those are great tips. Absolutely. And and I really want you love what you said at the start because we are all a product of the environments that we've been brought up in right Um, and we've all had different experiences but those experiences make up who we are Mm -hmm. and so the journey that I've had is going to be very different but if we appreciate and listen and take the time to learn someone else's experience. And we don't have to even completely understand it, but if we can accept it and appreciate what that person has been through and empathize with them, um, it will go a long way. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about humility. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is nothing better than a humble spirit, right? So. Oh, great, great wisdom, great wisdom. What about your children? So how how have you gone about, uh, this is kind of a two-part question, so I'm going to throw it both out there, okay? How did you go about teaching your children about what they might experience or have experienced? And then what wisdom would you share as we look to educate our children and to teach our children? Well, I think it's very important to start the conversations very early. Um, Start talking about this issue with your kids early on. We want to acknowledge differences early, but in a way that promotes dignity and mutual respect. Um, Model and seek out opportunities to demonstrate respect and appreciation for others. So your kids are always watching. How are you modeling that? Also model and encourage empathy. Um, Be curious. Your kids should hear you asking questions to better understand someone's culture, their story, their history, and their family values. I talked a minute earlier about inviting diversity into our home. Be intentional about the books you order on Amazon, the toys you have, the movies, podcasts, audiobooks, music, and art. So be intentional about those things. Mm -hmm. I was going to mention that PBS Kids has a brand new series called um, Race and Racism and How to Help Your Mm -hmm. Kids and those conversations. Um, One other thing would be empowering our kids to take action. So there's some research that says that it's not enough for kids to know how to talk about or identify racism. They need to know what to do about it. Provide children with models and examples of the work that people of all races are doing towards equality and equity and engage them in actions that they can start taking. So making sure that we can take practical steps Um, And then finally, talking to kids about race is a means, not an end. It should be done with the goal of moving our kids towards action and disrupting individual, internalized, and structural racism. What you say as a parent is not as important as what you do. And everything you do, where you live, work, eat, travel, shop, where you enroll your child in school, what you watch, play, listen to, buy, all of these things are teaching your kids about race, who you are, and what you value. So, Very well said. Um, I, I would just add to that, if I may, um, 
that, you know, when I think about children, I think every child has the right to grow up. So just think about that for a minute. Because there are a lot of children, particularly children of color, and their life gets sniffed out way too early, right? So I think every child has the right to grow up. Um, I think they have the right to be healthy and to be safe and to have opportunities and to know that they can succeed. And so it is so important for parents, and it was very important for me as a parent to build confidence in my daughter. I think every mom, every dad wants to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also knew that my beautiful baby girl who had this honey brown skin would face some situations just because of that. Mm-hmm. And so I started when she was just an itty bitty baby and I was holding her in my arms. And I would say to her, you are my sweet old brown baby love. Because I wanted her to know that being brown was absolutely beautiful. Uh, And to this day, she has grown up confident about who she is. And of course, I mean, there were a whole lot of other things that we taught her about, you know, you are smart. Um, I think it's also important to tell your children not to let anyone put labels on them. Mm. And we would tell her, you can do whatever you want to set out to achieve. And the sky's the limit. Maybe even you could go further than the sky. And we would also say to her, the only limitations that you embrace are the ones that you put on yourself. And so don't let anyone else label you know who you are, know who you are in Christ, know who you are as a woman, know yourself and be confident in that, and know that you will always be my sweet old brown baby love. And so as she grew up, she would sign her letters to me, your (laughs) S-O-B-B-L. And while that sounds like something that is really just so simple, ladies, I believe in my heart Mm -hmm. that it made a difference in her life, Mm -hmm. that it gave her confidence in those moments where somebody might have been giving her the side eye Mm -hmm. because of how she looked. I think she held her head up high, pulled back her shoulders, and walked a little more sweetly (laughs) because she was somebody's sweet old brown baby love Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that that's so good um we kind of always end our podcast with just challenging our women and so today I want to ask both of you um whoever wants to go first but what wisdom can you share with the women listening that would be helpful as we seek to love God and love others well well I guess I, I would say that we have to love like God told us to love. Mm -hmm. He commands us to love, right? Love God first, love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it is so important for us to teach children how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And to teach them through the fruits of the Spirit, to teach them through the character of God. Um, 
and to show them how to do that with their friends. Um, and not just the friends that might be in their close circle, but to widen that circle and help them learn how to be friends of people who don't look like them. It starts with that. And if we can continue to grow those small seeds, I believe that we can achieve racial harmony, mm -hmm. that someday it will happen. Mm -hmm. And those dreams that we all have as moms for our children to succeed and to love each other and to love those around them, mm -hmm. I believe it's possible. Yeah, just you know, having a simple family commitment or mission statement to loving people with kindness and empathy. And what does that look like for our family? You know, Daniel Siegel, who's a research attachment theorist and neurobiologist, he talks a lot about the four S's of attachment, seen, mm -hmm. safe, secure, and soothed. Mm -hmm. And so if our children can feel that way, how can they invite others into relationship in that way as well? Um, I was listening to a pastor this spring. His name is John Gray. He was having a conversation with another pastor named Stephen Furtick, and they were talking about racial challenges. And Stephen Furtick said, sometimes before you can take a stand, you need to take a seat. Mm. And my, inter at least listening to that through the therapist lens, my interpretation of that was maybe before we need to start speaking out and advocating and being out there, we need to sit in a chair and do our own work mm. about what is this triggering in me? What's in my own story that I still need to resolve? What are my blind spots? Mm. And so how can we as parents, as women, commit to doing our own work? That's innervism, which probably should take place before activism. Let's look at the own monsters within, the own, st you know, the stuff that we need to tackle and address in our own lives so that we don't um, have sort of this reactive um, toxicity. Wow. Now see, I love that you said that, but your perspective on that was totally different than mine. Take, mm -hmm. before we take a stand, take a seat. I love that you said, you, you basically said, sit down and think about it, right? Mm -hmm. And all those things that you shared. I immediately thought Rosa Parks mm -hmm. because, you know, before sometimes sitting down is a big enough statement that allows you to stand up, mm. right? Yeah, that's beautiful. So there's all, because we're all different ladies, mm -hmm. we see things through a different lens and it's all great information mm -hmm. that shapes us into who we are and how we treat each other, mm. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow, this has been a very um, life-giving conversation for myself, just to be in this room with um, mm. just so much wisdom and um, practical steps. I know that um, I'm a mom of three kids, and I feel like I'm going to go home and be able to have like just some really good conversations with my kids today, and I hope that um, the people listening, whether they have kids or whether they're single women or whatever, wherever they are in their life, I hope that they can walk away from listening to this with the same kind of um, steps moving forward. Um, we just, man, we really appreciate you guys being here and just mm -hmm. talking openly with us today about um, just being able to move towards living in racial harmony. So before we end, I'm going to pray for us. This is something we like to do on our podcast. And so um, you guys just bow your heads and I'm going to pray. Holy Father, God, we are so we are so grateful for the women in this room, God. We are grateful for their stories. 
We are grateful for their openness and honesty to have um, these kind of conversations. God, I'm thankful for Kathy, um, that she was able to have a good eye-opening conversation just this morning with Kana um, as we headed into this um, recording, God. I'm just grateful for what you're doing. God, your spirit is moving, and I believe that you are doing something new here, God. And so we are, um, God, we are going to move forward in steps of obedience, God, as your Holy Spirit leads us. And God, I pray for the people listening today that they would also um, move forward in steps of obedience as well, Jesus. We love you, and we want to love others well. And so, God, I pray that you do that in us and through us. God, I pray for these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to As You Go. If you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe, hit that five-star button, and share with your friends.